Hey everybody, uh, it's Kevin here with uh, Before I Forget the AAR. Uh, as always, I have uh, Tyree with me. Say hey, Tyree. Hey, Tyree. <laughs> a little role reversal. Um, so uh, a couple weeks ago, or a couple days ago, Tyree and I, after the, the last episode that we did, got to talking afterwards. And in um, this summit, we always do, right? Like after every show, we tend to like talk about like, what happened on the show. And and uh, we always have some like cliff notes and, and things that we intend to keep on for the future and we got the idea the other day why not just fucking turn that into a whole different segment within the show kind of like a uh too long didn't read cliff notes fucking of the show and if you listen to this and you're interested go back and listen to the original episode exactly yeah um so the show is called uh before i forget the aar um aar for those of you that don't know um is a military term for after actions review Typically, after any kind of like mission or training event, you'll have an AAR where you'll talk about what was supposed to happen, what did happen, um, some sustainments and some improvements, uh, things that you want to keep and things that you want to fix. And uh, so that's kind of uh, the idea behind this. And uh, so today we are talking about the episode I Love You, Man, um, featuring Nathan Smith and Chris Hammersley from the podcast I Love You, Man. Yeah. I want to thank those guys for coming on, first of all, because, uh, or, you know, reaching out to us to Mm -hmm. even get this going because, you know, we try to do a lot of things, get shows going uh, with other people and other shows. And to have that happen, kudos to them. Thanks for letting us have uh, some time on their platform. And thank you for joining us on ours. Yeah. So for those that have listened to that show and and didn't realize that that was actually recorded for their show and we just kind of hijacked their audio um and put it on ours it was really interesting though for us because pretty much after 90 some odd episodes um that was the first time we were really interviewed yeah in a way yeah <clears throat> and we had we had talked about doing something similar um having somebody come on that knows both of us and um having them interview us or whatever right interview style conversation yeah, that um, was something we were kicking around for a minute. We we're trying to figure mm-hmm. that out way back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it might still be a good idea to 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 do that because I mean, she knows both of us pretty well. Um, I'm down. Yeah, just imagine, or just it's just a matter of uh, if she's still down and has the time, you know. Hashtag mom life. Word. But uh, anyway, on with the AAR of the previous show. Yeah. Um. Hey, wait, wait. Th- you 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 said something uh, before, and I wanted to say uh every single show that we have we have so much extra stuff from these shows and it'd be great that we can put it out so that was kind of the nexus for this kind of thing folks so really like uh this is the reader's digest of last show but if you like what you hear go and check it out it's just one show back yeah absolutely um so if you're listening to this one but you haven't heard the actual the full episode of i love you man just uh when you get done listening to this one in its entirety Hop on back, listen to the next one in, in its entirety. I think that was an hour and 48 minutes, so a little yeah. longer than our more recent shows have gone, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really funny. So that was pre-show I, that day we recorded. I remember talking to you about how kind of wanted to limit it to about an hour. Yeah, that's you right. you laughed. You laughed. <clears throat> yeah. Because. <laughs> I know you. Yeah, I, I have a lot of words. <laughs> And I say them all, you know, the good words, but that's no, that's a good thing because that gives us a good show. Uh, ultimately, if we wanted to make it an hour, we'd make it an hour. I cut shit out, but 
there's some yeah. informative things in, in shows, especially that when there were some things, hopefully people picked up on that we kind of picked up on, right? What, yeah, what's the yeah, first yeah. question you got, man? Give it to me. Huh? What What were you about to ask me about your? Uh, well, I was gonna I was gonna ask you like what what was uh, what was some stuff that like stuck out to you? Hmm. Um, I'm really glad that you explained that trauma is different for everybody because you know we me and you we have our specific traumas my trauma could be different from your trauma could be it's mm-hmm. it's totally different from his trauma yeah uh, maybe it's it's uh the mos maybe it's the branch of service where you know things that happen to him wouldn't really affect us so much yeah no absolutely um the way trauma presents in a person after um or not uh, how should I, how should I say it the the effects of trauma the way it presents in a person after the after the fact um can be can definitely uh differ from person to person i think a lot of things go in go go into that that, that kind of impact that like uh you know how how life was prior to you know that event so let's let's talk about in, in terms of the military you know if you grew up um so both of us we were in organized sports growing up mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So we're used to, you know, working as a team, um, working towards a goal, um, failing at that goal on occasion, having to put in the extra work, punishment if you did something wrong. Um, I grew up in a fairly strict household, so I was also used to, you know, kind of getting yelled at every now and again. Um, Just had, because. We had a paddleboard. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, there was a paddleboard in the house and sometimes I, I got the the full wrath of that. I say sometimes I got it all the goddamn time. Um, so I, I think a lot of that plays into how you can handle or process trauma later on. And so one thing that I, that I've read that I thought was really interesting is a person can experience a traumatic event and then never really um, present with PTSD. Mm. Um, and the, the impact or the effects on, on the mind or on the brain the, the actual brain itself, um, that varies, right? So like if you don't actually present with PTSD, then you don't really have all, like obviously you don't have the signs or symptoms of PTSD. Therefore the trauma hasn't impacted you as greatly. Right. If that makes sense. <clears throat> so I have this like idea in my mind and I, you know, I, I didn't do a ton of research to like even try to ver- kind of verify. It's just kind of like my own thoughts, but like your upbringing, I think, so it's nature versus nature versus nurture. Like, so like the, the, the way you were raised, the environment in which you grew up in, how you were treated, um, were you punished, how severely, blah, 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 all that stuff, I think can have an impact on how trauma in the future also impacts you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So it would, in my mind, it kind of stands to reason that someone who, um, has less of those experiences. Maybe they, you know, were not, you know, harshly punished growing up or did not go to organized sports, um, or didn't have these, these certain types of upbringings. Um, what you might call like the baby of the family when they experience trauma, they might, they might, um, present, uh, with, with worse or more severe symptoms. Yeah. If that makes sense, or it may take, something that would is seemingly less traumatic to the rest of us. And for them, that might be like, this is a lot, 
right? So like, I'm a drill. I'm a drill sergeant. So like, I've I have I have played the game of screaming and yelling and knife handing and all that stuff. And you see some trainees day one, day zero, like they handle it, right? They're like, this is fine. This is nothing. I've been yelled at before. And then you've got those ones that crack immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can tell that they are, um, they're, they're suffering. Right. And so, and, 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 and I say all this, um, and I'm not necessarily saying that, that, uh, our, 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 um, guests slash hosts from the last show, uh, I'm not saying that that's what he, that's, that's the case with him, but I will say that like, I've been yelled at before. Um, I've been through some pretty bad things. Um, you have to, um, both in combat and then outside of combat, um, both in law or with you in law enforcement. And then, you know, me just, you know, in my normal life, you know what I'm saying? Cause we all experience trauma in, 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 in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, but I, I might, I might make the argument that, um, his level of resiliency isn't where it needs to be, where isn't where it needed to be in those moments. Um, and that was clear to me in, in that conversation where, you know, something happens and you kind of get beat down and it's hard for you to get back up. Right. And that happens, right. We, we, we have those moments, but like, that's like one of the key things for, uh, resiliency in the army, we have MRT master resiliency uh, training. And the big tenant of that is one hunt the good stuff. So always be looking for the positive, even in the negative things. But when you're knocked back down, when you knock down, get back up. And I see all saying, right. That's not how many times you've been knocked down, but how many times you get back up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. And, and I wish I had asked him, uh, asked him during that, uh, interview, like your upbringing, like what, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of, uh, how was the family life, uh, way back when, you know? Uh, yeah. and I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, uh, a lot of folks come from certain type of backgrounds, but when they get into military and they get into military discipline, it's not something that they're really ready for. Um, yeah. in a lot of cases you're doing your job, what you believe is to the best of your abilities. Um, but it may not be up to everyone else's best of abilities or even Absolutely. to the standard. Sometimes you may not be working at the standard. You just don't realize it. And, right. uh, sometimes that can come back and bite you. And sometimes the, the punishment for that is ugly and psychologically it could suck because, uh, like we said, Hey, you think you're doing the right thing. You know, you think you, these people have your back, but these people still have a job to do. And yeah. when you, you know, don't hit your mark, they will hit their mark by letting you know that you fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's, I mean, and I can, I can tell you like as a drill, like, I mean, that's, and that's one of the hardest moments um, for us. Cause I mean, I take my job serious and I take my job personal when I train my, my, my soldiers. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> when you have to like lay into them or one in particular that, you know, deep down, you know, they actually, they care, they're trying their best, but it's just not, it's just not where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they don't, maybe they don't know they can push further and that's part of the job, right? Is, is, is showing you where the limits are and, and showing that you can go beyond them. And, and, and maybe, you know, it may have been a case where, you know, somebody slips through the cracks. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> so we kind of wanted to clarify that for a lot of folks. Um, 
So it's 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 not to say like because like I can imagine I can just hear people now listening to that show and being like this guy got yelled at twice and and has PTSD it makes it makes no sense and there's there's a lot of a lot of factors that you really got to think about um, uh, that that play into that I you know when I had my mental health eval um, for my VA stuff mm-hmm. um, that guy went into great detail about my. Uh, my upbringing, right? So he was like, what was your household like? You know, how many siblings did you have? What number were you in the order of of siblings? And uh, were you in sports? I mean, all these things. He asked all these questions. And what he's doing is he's he's establishing a baseline or um, trying to say like, okay, this person has experienced, you know, organization, discipline, and all of that stuff. And, you know, and and then, then you get into the events that caused the PTSD. And then from there you can determine the validity or the extent of that PTSD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Another <clears throat> thing that's different with him, uh, compared to a lot of other folks or I keep saying him, I feel like I'm picking on this guy almost, but yeah. Yeah. Um, his age, yeah. he's the, we probably one of the youngest folks we've had on this show, if not the youngest person. Um, yeah. Uh, then what was it? Uh, they said they were two, no, in second, no, two second, or second grade. grade. Second grade. Second what was grade. the first so one? Second. So what is that? Like seven years old? When we were in, when nine eleven happened? Oh no! Uh, yeah. Uh, Something like that. No, so mid nineties yeah. or mid early nineties. About ten, twelve years younger than us. Yeah. So um, you know, different, different, uh, different, different times. You know, we we grew up in a different era compared to them, um, and it shows. Like uh, you of all people know like, Hey, these people that are coming into basic training, you can tell over the years, you've been doing this for a minute. Things, the times are changing the people and you're getting a different kind of person coming into basic training. There's, there was no phones and shit like that. When, when (laughs) we came through, I don't know if there's phones now, I doubt it, but I mean, is there phones right now? Shit. So, so we had, we had, you and I had pay phones, right? There's a phone Mm -hmm. bank, right? Yeah. Um, and no, so now they get they get their phones on Sundays for like thirty minutes or something. See, I mean, I don't know if that was the case for his particular thing over there in the Navy. You know, completely different. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, and that's that's a whole other factor. Huh. It's like you know, what is their boot camp like? How does it prepare um, their trainees to become a, a sailor or seaman, yeah. <laughs> um, or whatever it is that they're going to go off and do in the Navy? So I mean, there's like I said, there's a ton of factors right that really play into um, what ultimately happened in his specific case. And like Tyree said, we're not picking on the guy. We're not trying to do that. We're just kind of using it as an example to explain that like everyone's different yeah. and you don't necessarily need to shoot somebody in the face, um, or see somebody get shot in the face to, you know, consider it trauma and present with PTSD or the signs and symptoms of it. Um, but at the same time, you know, and this is kind of my, um, I don't know, a point of contention for me, I suppose, because it's one of those things. And I understand why he said he doesn't want to talk to other veterans about it because, you know, it gets that look, right? Like you, you got, you got yelled at twice, mm-hmm. if, essentially, right? It's, if we break it down to as simplest forms, you fucked up on the job <clears throat> on two separate occasions and you got yelled at and then demoted. Um, which don't be wrong. That can be very uh, demoralizing. That can be a fucking um, 
it can, it can kill your spirits, right? It can, it can reduce you to nothing, not caring. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it can, but again, it goes back to the whole resiliency thing. So a lot of things go into that. Um, what was the upbringing before? What was the training like? Um, all that good stuff. But yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Do you any, any more on that? No, I think we, we, uh, that was a bridge we crossed and now we're over it. It happened. Yeah. Uh, it's done. Continue. We're on the other side now. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else could have been improved from that show, or or what was it uh, positive from that show? Do you think? Um, well, I mean, honestly, like it's always a positive to me to speak with other other veterans, other people in the military, and hear their stories and their experiences. Mm-hmm. Just in general, just because like not everybody served the way you and I served. Not everybody served in the place that we served. Right. You know, not everybody in the military. The you know. M- couple million people or whatever it is, not everybody got an opportunity to deploy to combat. Not everybody got an opportunity to actually see the enemy face to fucking face and fight them. Right. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of folks who are with us who didn't even get a chance to do that. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, no, that's a whole other uh, point of contention for me as well is because everybody, everybody that has a combat patch, has a fucking combat story and you know, damn well, it ain't true. Right. I remember, do you remember when we were, Oh God, where were we? I think we were, I can't remember if we were back in Germany or we were about to rotate out or maybe some dude, no, that's what it was. Some dude showed up at, uh, at uh, patrol base, Yuvani to assist us with something that was going on. I don't remember what it was, but they were showing us pictures that they, took from their their deployment there whatever from their time there mm-hmm. and talking about oh yeah we did this and we did that here's the pictures from it and these were pictures that were ours like, like right. they had somehow got a hold of them through the grapevine because you know like memory sticks would get passed around or whatever but like mm-hmm. some of these pictures were our pictures yeah everyone makes those dvds and uh you know passing yeah. that shit yeah, yeah yeah did you call them out on it I was like, yeah, dude, of course. Like, that's come on, man. That's not that's not your shit. Oh no, no, no. But I was like, dude, that Bradley right there says fucking Bravo two five. <laughs> you walk <laughs> right out to that so motor pool and guess what it says? I can show you that Bradley right now. I can I can take you to the track commander, the fucking gunner, the driver. Yeah. That's a fair <laughs> warning to people who are listening. Like uh a lot of the people who tell you these stories, it's fabricated, man. Um we do this on here because at any point you can reach out to anyone from our shows and you know, that can say, yeah, that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so be careful with, with the stories you hear from people. Cause sometimes it's, it's just not the case. Uh, not to say that, you know, their, their perception of what happened wasn't, you know, unique, but, mm-hmm. um, nine times out of 10, the f- crazy firefight that they were talking about was like, uh, somebody had an AD, uh, at negligent discharge or something and everyone freaked out and then you know that was the, that was really the crazy story you know but yeah 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 no exactly um or you know it's it, it that's really what it is is like or they just heard somebody else's story and they're just you know regurgitating as if as if it's their own um there's a lot of that that goes on that's lame you're lame <laughs> hey you're a lame ass if you do that bro like i know we're not supposed to drag stuff out on this sh- show because it's supposed to be short but like for real, bro. Like, if you if you're out here stealing people's shit, like trying to pass it off on your own, like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, come on. 
get it together. Like, be proud of the shit that you did. What you did was probably dope. You know, it probably was fucking cool as shit in, in its own lane. So, you know, rock that lane and be happy about what you did. And don't fucking steal somebody else's shit. Makes you weird yeah. as fuck, for one. <laughs> and two, you know, who wants to deal with that? Who wants to deal with you? Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Yeah, I knew I knew a guy who uh, was psychological operations. For those that don't know, they're the, the mind games of the special operations community. Mm-hmm. And they were deployed to Afghanistan. This is probably 2011 or so, or seven or eight. I don't remember. Back in the day, they were deployed to Afghanistan. This dude was talking about, like, after the fact, right? Was like, oh, yeah, man, we were doing this. We were running guns with fucking uh, SF, with group, doing this and doing that, and hit fucking capturing high value targets and hitting objectives and running and gunning. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no shit. That's fucking rad. Um, that's cool, man, because PsyOps has an opportunity to do that sometimes. Yeah. Well, some years later, I run into um, some guys at a bar, and I was like, oh, you guys are in the fucking military? Cool, man. What what unit? And they were in the Army Reserve PSYOP unit that this dude was in. Okay. I was like, oh, shit, do you know so-and-so? I was like, oh, yeah, that fucking jerk off. Like, what do you mean, that jerk? What do you mean? Like, Bro, like, that whole fucking deployment, they didn't do a, a fucking thing. I was like, what are you talking about? They said they were doing this and this. No, man, they were immediately signed to the mailroom, never left. Fuck. Never left the fucking fob. What's the reason? Why? They were just a shit bag. No, no, I'm not I'm not saying that you know why they never left the fob. I'm saying I'm like, what's the reason for lying about it? You probably got some cool he probably has some cool ass mail stories. <laughs> <laughs> Paper cuts of you know. No, I think a lot of it is like, I mean, how how do you how do you deploy to a combat zone and don't go to combat? No, I get that. It happens. There's tons of people who are gonna be no, in a you, combat you, you're zone. Right. Yeah, and and don't we but, but not, we know that. Yeah, but not everybody. Not everybody. That, I think that's your point. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And your average civilian doesn't know that either. Yeah. They assume yeah. just because you went, you were in there pulling triggers. Like, nah, man, you're back there pulling uh, defect uh, pallets yeah. full of... Uh, pulling KP. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're pulling. Yeah. And it's nothing well, wrong with that because you supported everybody without you and then <laughs> chicken with the lines drawn on. We wouldn't have anything. All right. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. You guys fucking out there doing finance. You know, if we if y'all didn't get the paperwork together at some point, <laughs> fucking don't don't forget to pay me. Yeah. Like uh, no, and, that's y'all. You, that's your trip, man. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's a cog in the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you look at a a, a a bicycle wheel with all the spokes. Right, all those little little wires that run from the center to the outside, right? Like you remove one of those, you disrupt the structural integrity of that wheel and eventually it'll collapse with enough pressure. Yeah. It's the same concept in the military. Everybody has a role to play. Mm-hmm. Um and if one of those roles should fall short of being able to do their duties, then eventually it's a problem. So, you know. Yep. say all that to say you know you the uh the layman the civilian who doesn't know any better um nine times out of ten it's probably a bullshit story yep ask them what their job is, what their mos is yeah and even then i mean there were infantrymen that deployed that never saw combat true yeah either yeah. way it goes uh besides all that stuff i want to say like be proud of uh the shit you did yeah you know Regardless of, of if you never pulled the tri- pulled the trigger once, and all you did was pull that fucking security, mm-hmm. hey man, you did it to the best of your abilities. Hopefully, you know it's something to be proud of. You got ribbons for it. 
you know, we got ribbons for doing the same thing, standing on guard, right? So yeah. it's all the same thing. It's just our job is different from, from their job. But, you know, people in our job didn't necessarily get to do that job. But that's just the way it goes, man. That's the way the cookie crumbles in some cases. I know people who are infantry who, you know, I didn't see a damn thing the whole time I was there. I'm like, hey, man, it's mm-hmm. and it, and they feel bad about having a CIB. And they feel yeah. bad about the, the, the combat patches and all this kind of stuff. Cause they look down at it and they're like, oh, I didn't fucking do anything to earn this. I'm like, no, man, you're there. It's fucking, yeah. it counts. Cause the, the, well, the shit that you're going to deal with mentally, you know, yeah. Y- yeah. it counts. Going there to be prepared to do a job mm-hmm. is, I mean, you're, you're there, right? Shit could pop off at any moment. You don't know that. It's just a matter of luck that it didn't happen. Right. Right. I, I've met guys with the, the combat infantry badge who, you know, you, you get it for one award or for one event typically. Right. Um, so our, our, our one event, um, if I can remember, right. Was it Easter Sunday? It depends on, I can't remember where you were. It could have been the, well, me and me and you, Oh, me and you like our our platoon. Yeah. Yeah. So second platoon, we got it for one specific event. It was early on in the deployment. And I remember when we got our CIBs, our commander, um, was like, listen, I know this is one thing that happened fucking nine months ago and you have seen a ton of combat since then, but you know, just know that it's for the entire, you know, everything. And so, you know, like I, I had stated on a previous show, like we, we probably saw combat like 200, 250, you know, days out of our year. Mm-hmm. I've met guys who have the combat infantry badge who experience combat once. Yeah. One time. Right. So they were in one firefight, you know, maybe it lasted 30 minutes, a couple of hours, whatever, but that's all it takes to get the CIB, by the way, like you have to be actively engaged with the enemy. They fire on you, you fire back. Um, so there's a lot of so cases where there's people who don't even realize why they got a C- CIB, but they got it. Yeah. They yeah. just got it because they're in the area. You know, that's how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. And if you're that fucking dude who, or that fucking guy out that served and didn't do anything, but you got some bullshit stories, throw that bullshit away because eventually you're going to run into somebody like me and I'm going to call you on it. I have been in probably five or six fights in, in, in my life. Right. I'm not, I don't like fighting people. One of them, only one had nothing to do with stolen valor. Mm. Only one. Now don't get me wrong. I, that's not, I'm not saying that to say like I start fights. I call you on your bullshit. They flare up, get offended, try to, to uh, defend themselves. And, and uh, you know, when somebody, when somebody gets called out, man, they're a fucking cornered dog. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the embarrassment. So I, I, <clears throat> I grew up, I grew up, you, you never start a fight, but you always finish it. Um, if one should start. And, uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't even like, I don't like hitting. I don't like striking. Um, I like choking people out. It's, it's way more fun to me. Um, plus like anybody can get a lucky shot, right? Like anybody can throw a fucking wild haymaker and knock somebody out. Mm-hmm. But like to choke somebody out, you have to control their entire body for yep. a, a minimum of eight seconds before they go unconscious. And to me, that makes them more of a bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Um, <clears throat> but once, I, once, uh, I tell you what, I, I I didn't get into a fight with this guy, but I was working. I don't know if I told the story before. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
uh, it, it was some sort of holiday. I forget what it was exactly. So there was a, a lot of people walking around in uh, like military shit. But this one particular guy's uniform just looked way off. Nothing on it made any sense. And mm-hmm. other military folks, like if you see a uniform in a movie, like, oh, man, that shit, it pulls me out of the reality of it because it's not real. This is yeah. how I felt looking at this guy's uniform. I looked like I, I was, it felt like I was in a movie that didn't match. And I was working, mm-hmm. I was LAPD at the time, so I walk up to the guy. I was aware of the stolen valor laws, so I walk up to him, and, and I'm really looking at him. His uh, combat patch is completely wrong, and he's wearing a armored patch, but it's, like, colored. It's not like your regular patches. They were, like, your Class A patches on a mm-hmm. uniform. It looked totally wrong. Um and and just a bunch of other stuff that a weird insignia on on his beret and the beret was really fucked up looking like pizza man style fucked up yeah. looking. Yeah. So I, I walk up to this guy. I'm like, hey man, what unit are you serving? You know, I'm infantry. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, bro, stop it. He was with this girl too, and I felt bad. This is the 100 percent truth. After I fucking took his beret and I took his top because I'm not gonna let him walk around with that shit anymore. I'm like, I could take you to jail, but I think this is a good lesson for you right now. Like, everyone sees me chewing you out. You know, this is a good lesson. And then the girl's like, I thought you said you were in the military. And fucking pushed them and shit. And I'm like, damn, he's not going to see any parts of her vagina tonight (laughs) because he got called out on his bullshit. So don't be that fucking guy, dude. Like, or if you're going to do it, like, do it right. Make it make it look okay. At least put the effort in. Do your research, man. Yeah, fuck. You don't do fucking us. show up with a fucking, you know, it's, ah, fuck, I don't even know, man, like a fucking, a wagon and call it a fucking car when clearly it's a fucking wagon. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't be a fucking wagon. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, don't be a fucking wagon. Yeah, right. fucking wagon. <clears throat> Listen, don't try and tell me a fucking a 1992 fucking Honda Civic yeah. and tell me that. It's a fucking Tesla. Okay. Yeah. You can't show up to a Marvel convention as Hulk, but in blue skin. Come on. it. We know. It's wrong. Blue skin. Blue skin I call that Hulk. bulk. I don't know. That's just the first thing that came to mind. The incredible. Yeah. Um, Fuck. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think we've, I think we've, and I was going to say, I think we beat that horse, that dead horse, but uh, I, I really don't think you can beat that dead horse enough. No, you uh, can't. Because it still happens all after the all these years, it still fucking happens. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that goes to my gym. He only goes. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't work out. He goes to the sauna. He does in and out of the sauna in the steam room, and he's all the time talking about how he was a Navy SEAL and CIA operative. And, Hell yeah! Uh, did all these other high speed things and shit. Yeah. You look at this guy and you're like, bro, I'm I'm surprised you made it to the fucking sauna. Like you, absolutely the fuck not. Or, Psych- Not even close. Psychologically, though, what is the, what is the gain? What is the, this, this person, me and him, we're complete strangers. You know, you're wearing this so people can see it. You want all these strangers to feel a certain way about what you're wearing. I think you should probably talk to somebody, like, uh, mm-hmm. seek some professional help. And that ain't even a joke, like, for real, like. Really, really yeah. go go talk to somebody because um, don't let somebody uh, control how you live your life just to impress them. 
Um, yeah. Like I had to learn that one the hard way and I had to talk to somebody about it from my other things, you know, like while I was working on my PTSD, you know, I used to be the philosopher, you know, look at my pretty mm-hmm. car, shit like that. I love fucking loved it when people looked at my car, you know, it's awesome. Why though? It's not going to make that person's life any better. It's not going to make my life any better. It's just a fucking thing. So people have to get over that. Yeah. Type of mentality. Yeah. And you had an excellent show about that the ego, man. You got to let it go. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing, but yeah, definitely. Um, if you are that person, go seek help. If you know that person, make them go get help. Punch mm-hmm. them in the face. I don't know. Call them, um, out. call them out, call them out. Yeah. I know. You know what? And I'm, I, I'm all for that. I am all for calling out people when it comes to this stuff because fuck them. <laughs> all um, right and on that note no there was something else that we talked about in the last show that i kind of wanted to kind of clarify that, that i've brought up on a couple different shows and i feel the need to um clear clear some things up everyone knows <clears throat> by this point everyone knows that i'm still in the army um and we in the army we're not allowed to utilize any type of drug um habitually or recreationally whatever but i bring up drugs a lot on this show um uh, specifically like psilocybin uh mushrooms for those that don't know what psilocybin is um the reason i bring that up a lot is because there is in the last i would say 10 20 years a ton of new research that's being done on uh, psilocybin and its uses to combat um, PTSD and the symptoms of PTSD. And, um, you know, if you have it and you don't want to have it anymore, you don't, you want to feel better. You want to be better and not just like feel better temporarily, like feel better progressively, like continue to be better. Then you're going to look for ways to do that. Right. Um, but you know, I'm still in the military and so I don't practice any of these things. I just read about them. I watch videos on them. I, I read about the people who, who, who are like the, the, um, you know, the subject matter experts on these things. And I, I, I regurgitate their information. Mm-hmm. So I have no practical application of this stuff. Um, but I wanted to do a little, I did a little bit of a uh, little bit more research, like, like condensed research that I kind of wanted to, um, talk about on this show and um because <clears throat> we talked about it in the last episode and i kind of wanted to explain like more in more detail i guess you could say so yeah brain mm-hmm. your actual brain right um specifically the amygdala the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex so the amygdala is the part of the brain that processes um, emotional response, right? So whenever you feel sad, whenever you feel mad, all of that stuff. So that's what the amygdala does. That's its job. When a person has PTSD, their amygdala becomes more active. It's um, uh, it has increased function, right? So whenever, whenever a trigger happens, <clears throat> 
that pre-trauma might not have bothered you that much. Well, now it's going to bother you a lot more, right? And it's going to send you into um, hyperdrive, right? It's going to become more emotional, more angry, um, more depressed, more isolated, more this, more that. So that's what your amygdala does. Your hippocampus um, is for memory and learning. And we know a ton of people that have post-traumatic stress disorder who also have uh, memory issues, short-term memory loss, long-term memory loss. Um, that actually came up in the last show where we talked about how, you know, there were certain things that we talked about in previous episodes that like, you were like, Oh shit, I don't even remember that. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a common thing with it. Um, so when a person has PTSD, they have decreased function of the hippocampus. Um, it's, it's less active. It's less involved. So it's, it's more detached from, from that event. Right. And it's presumably as a defense mechanism, right. To whenever you, you experience a traumatic event, anytime you experience something that's similar to that traumatic event, a trigger, your hippocampus wants to separate, wants to sever that and not have the relation. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, the hippocampus may also change in, in, in structure. It, it actually might end up being smaller. So your hippocampus will actually either shrink or just kind of continue to grow to a larger size or its normal size. Um, which in my mind with decreased function might, you know, have something to do with like its capacity to do that because it's smaller or whatever. Um, and then your, your prefrontal cortex is your, um, is, is responsible for executive function, right? So like higher level thinking, reasoning, your ability, your ability to think about things uh, logically. Right. And so when you think about, um, irrational fear, right? So when I was a kid, um, I was pushed into a swimming pool and sank to the bottom and nearly drowned. And because of that, I have this like fear of water. And I mean, like I take showers, I can take baths, I can swim in swimming pools. I, I go floating on, on the rivers here in Arkansas on, on my kayak. Mm-hmm. But if I go into the water, I have an immediate panic reaction. Um, and, uh, and that, that's, that's, that's my first response, right? It's a inner, it's an irrational fear because I can swim okay enough to get myself to safety. Mm-hmm. I'm not a great swimmer. I didn't grow up swimming, but I can swim well enough that I can get myself somewhere. But I have this irrational fear that something is going to happen in that water. Something bigger than me, an an undertow, a current, um, anything. Because, you know, you look at a river and it's it's flowing in one direction. But a lot of people underneath are not seeing the other currents that are happening below it. So I have this, like, irrational fear. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't help that in 2000, 2000, the summer of 2005, I think it was, or summer 2006, I actually was very close to drowning, like about a half a second away from being fucking dead as fuck. <laughs> um, and, and, and lost for probably 24 to 48 hours at the bottom of this 80 foot fucking watering hole. Um, so why so <laughs> I was, uh, we were swimming across it and, uh, it was April, April time frame, And, um, so the weather's just now getting warmer at that point, And, uh, the water we were in was really shallow and it was really warm. I was like, Oh shit, we can, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Fucking let's swim to the other side. It wasn't very far, maybe 50 feet, 60 feet. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> what I didn't realize 
is about eight feet out. It's a straight drop to 80 feet. Mm. And, um, and the water got really cold and I, I seized my, I couldn't, I couldn't move my arms. I couldn't move my legs to tread water. So the only thing that was keeping me afloat, um, was air in my lungs. And anytime I exhaled, I would sink. You would sink. Yeah. Yeah. And anytime, and I can't, I can't float on my back. That is, and people say all the time, Oh, I'll teach you blah, blah, blah. Everybody can float. No, they can't. It's, I've heard it from multiple swim instructors. Not everybody can swim on their back. I swear, float on their back. Um, and I am one of those. So I, they, a couple of them have told me it's likely due to like bone density. Um, and so it could be, I have no idea, but so I know you I can't big boned it. That's what it is. Yeah, big boned it like Hartman. <laughs> I'm not fat. So I call, stop calling me fucking fat. Um, that's funny. <clears throat> and it doesn't help now that I'm, you know, six two, two thirty. um, solid muscle. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't help. I'm a, I'm a big person now, but anyway, so I say all that to say, um, so those are the threes. You, your, your amygdala, your hippocampus and, um, your prefrontal cortex. So you've got emotional response, your memory, uh, memory issues and, and, and inability to learn learning issues. So you have a, a, a deficit there. And then your prefrontal cortex was just like your ability to reason, your ability to logic through things, to think about things logically. Right. Right. Um, so when you look at the use of psilocybin, um, there's a, there's a, there's a Joe Rogan episode that like really like stuck out with me. Um, this guy named Paul Stamets, I cannot remember the episode name, a number, but a uh, Paul Stamets, you can just Google Paul Stamets Rogan or Joe Rogan. Um, he's a, my, Paul Stamets is a mycologist. And one thing that he talks about is on, on the show that, uh, the way, psilocybin helps with PTSD is imagine um, imagine you're skiing one day right and you get out there at like noon right sun's been up since you know seven that morning and people have been hitting the slopes from then to noon right so now there's like all these like pathways carved into the snow right and you go down the hill and and uh, and uh, or maybe you know may, you know We'll just back back up a little bit. So it, it's fresh fresh powder, blah blah blah. You get out there first thing in the morning, and you're snow. You're 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 skiing all day in the snow. It's fresh. You 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 ski down. You ski down. You ski down. You ski down. You keep going. You keep going. And eventually, all these different pathways are going to be formed, and uh, that snow becomes compressed or compact, uh, compacted. And and then every time you go down, you notice that like. You, you try to go down a, a different pathway, but you tend to sometimes hit one of those previous pathways and get redirected and then happens again and again and again and, and become more often. Um, and, and so that's, that's a good way to think about how your brain forms neural pathways as it is now. Right. Mm -hmm. So whenever you repeat a pattern, whenever you repeat an event, whenever you do something, um, repetitiously you're 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 developing those pathways and you're solidifying in your mind so what psilocybin <clears throat> helps to do is think of psilocybin as a fresh coat of snow right fresh powder yeah all those pathways get covered up and you can start fresh you can start anew you can create new pathways or you can redirect those pathways to somewhere else into a healthier place to to process them. So that's that's kind of how 
psilocybin helps. And then one other thing that I've talked about in the past is MDMA. Um, it's a party drug, right? It's, it's abused for sure. Just like everything is abused, but what they have found with MDMA in certain studies is that, um, it helps to, so whenever, when I've read again, I don't do drugs. Um, I, I feel like I need to clarify that so much, Yeah. but, um, um, MDMA helps a person process trauma without feeling shame or guilt or anger or any of the negative emotions that are attached to it because of how MDA work, MDMA works. It's a serotonin dump, right? So you take a little bit uh, with microdosing and it releases more serotonin, which is your, your feel good hormone. Right. It releases more serotonin into your into your bloodstream, into your brain, and it attaches to all those little pathways in your mind, those little synapses or whatever they're called. And it makes you feel happy. And so in those moments, you can talk about these things and you can process these things in a way that like it doesn't have the negative emotion attached to it because you don't have that negative hormone in your system. Right. You have decreased cortisol for the time being increased, uh, dopamine, increased serotonin. Um, you know, you're happier. And so you're more likely to talk about these things in a way that like, um, that you can, you can actually talk about them, you know, to, you know, start to finish in, in, in a way that's not embarrassing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about like what we talked about with the uh, amygdala hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex, um, psilocybin, um, helps repair uh, or regrow nerve cells in the emotional and memory banks of the, the part of the brain that controls emotion and memory, right? So the amygdala, amygdala and the hippocampus, it can help regrow those cells, mm-hmm. which is crazy because previously growing up, right? Like this is your brain cracking egg. This is your brain on drugs. You can never regrow those fucking cells. Right. And, and they, they come to find out that's not true. It's bullshit. Um, and then, you know, MDMA helps a lot with, um, again, the, the amygdala, right? So emotions, right? The happiness and the prefrontal cortex. So it allows you to navigate these things without the irrational fears. Um, so there's a lot of studies on these things and, uh, some states are even like taking it serious and like not necessarily legalizing it, but decriminalizing it, or they're even talking about, um, making psilocybin, was the schedule three? I can't remember what the what the schedules are. Something like three or four. Yeah, whatever the lowest is. Yeah, a lower schedule, yeah. definitely. Yeah, um, I've been seeing a lot of uh, places or different states in the news that have been uh, decriminalizing those kind of uh, uh, that kind of material. I'll call it. Um, I've seen uh, in Canada. I think you can buy it from a gas station. <laughs> it, yeah. it, that's just how it is that's how they uh they flow with it up there so um i think it's gonna you're gonna see more and more of it da- down here um i just hopefully you know people go through like the proper channels and uh you know, yeah uh, go get it th- from a from a f- professional okay like uh don't mm-hmm. don't fuck around with drugs when it comes down i'm sorry don't fuck around with materials that can be bad for you if you don't know how to deal with them um 
Absolutely. And that's, that's a big thing. I'm glad you said that because you, you don't want to, I mean, everything in moderation, right. But like when it comes to these, these materials, um, you, you want, you want them, you want that controlled by a professional, somebody who knows dosage amounts and and all of that stuff. Like you, you in, in a controlled environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be careful. You definitely want to be careful. And on top of that, um, be careful where you get it from. Yeah. Because you know, you never know nowadays, man. Like I'm not saying I fuck around with any of that kind of stuff. You see what I use. I I might have a beer every now and then I'll burn one down. I promise. That's it. Um, but nowadays things are mixed with fentanyl and you are a goner. If any of that shit's in there, man, you are done for. And all you want to do is get high or, you know, you know, go uh, party with your friends like you always do. But, you know, you're, you're a goner, dude. Nobody can save you. There's no coming back from that shit because those heavy, those are heavy duty fucking doses. It's such a, a tiny, tiny amount can take you out. So imagine like you have an unknown amount in this pill. Mm-hmm. You have no clue how it's going to affect you. And there's so many different pills with just unbalanced loads. It's terrible, man. It, I don't know how often here in California here lately, especially in Los Angeles, we've been having kids in, in high schools that have been ODing, like heavy, mm-hmm. like entire groups of kids. And they're like, where, what, how has this happened? It's clear. It's what's happened. And they're fucking taking drugs and it's fucking dirty drugs, man. So I, I, I had read, um, I can't remember if it was 21 or in 22, but if for that year, there was some 400 million doses of fentanyl taken off the streets, um, for the, in the year. Mm-hmm. And, there's only 340 million people in America. So it's enough fentanyl to kill every single person in the United States. A couple times over. A few times over, I think. Well, I mean, 400 million. To, but and that's just what was confiscated. No, no, know? no. I'm saying that's just the doses, the actual amount that can actually kill people. Oh, you know, right. <clears throat> the, yeah. It could double or triple, you know, be careful. Right. People yeah, out there selling not, that shit too, man. I have no sympathy if you get thrown in jail for fucking mass murder. If you're out here selling shit that is taking out a bunch of folks, I think uh, something similar happened with Michael K. Williams, an actor. Uh, mm-hmm. He had some, he had the drug issue, and he took some drugs, and I think he uh, had an overdose. And they figured out, they went and found out who fucking sold him the shit, and they charged him with it. So, fuck yeah, that's good on him. Like uh, punishment. Yeah. So great benefits to doing some of these things in controlled environments with licensed professionals. Absolutely. Um, Hopefully, hopefully the, 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 the information continues to roll in and hopefully more, uh, you know, whether it be universities or doctors, scientists, psychologists, psychiatrists, whoever the shit, hopefully more people, begin to study it and take the potential benefits of it more seriously. Um, because a lot of, a lot of the studies that I've read suggest that, um, it's one of the most effective ways to combat these things, PTSD and the, the signs and symptoms of it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
<clears throat> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I know I went on that on that topic for a little bit, but it, one one of the points of the show, right, is is mental health, PTSD, how to get better, how to. I mean, even if it's just Tyree and I having a conversation, right? Because part of the part of the idea behind that is you can escape from whatever world you're living in and tune in and listen to us fucking go on about whatever the fuck we're talking about. And if, 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 if that helps you, then, then, then that's, that's a good thing. Right. So that's kind of what we're looking for. So like, that's the, that's the goal of this. Right. Right. So, um, why not just, you know, not shy away from all of the possible ways or all the possible things that can help a person. Right. I mean, I'm wrong, like doing psilocybin, doing MDMA by, you know, under the control of a licensed professional. It's not the only way. There's also, you know, various, various different types of therapies, um, in the vet center, going to the VA, finding your own fucking doctor, talking to somebody, going to the gym, punching a punching bag, learning martial arts, learning to fucking swim better. I mean, there's a fuck ton of things that you can do that can benefit you and pull you away away from that event pull you away from that event pull you away from that trauma did pull you out of that hole whatever it is that you do it needs to be in 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 an effort to make yourself better um if that makes sense word and on that note we also want to reassure you that we are not medical doctors we're not medical professionals um so, you know, we're these just are two just, dickheads with the podcast. Yeah, we're these are just our opinions and our thoughts. You know, Kevin read some uh, some material about some material, and uh, you know, take that at how you will. Uh, do your own research. Talk to a doctor. You know, yeah. And I always want to want to put that over because you know, people like what we say. But sometimes, you know, me personally, I might say some crazy outlandish shit and there. That's just my fucking opinion uh, there. Yeah, no, uh, a thousand percent. Um, yeah, probably should have started with that whole like. Not a doctor. <laughs> a but, little, little warning, a little pre- preface. Yeah, preface. it's a, a post post mm-hmm. <laughs> a post post message warning word um and we'll, we'll probably have it in the description too but you know going back did we have anything else that we wanted to cover on that episode was there anything i know i talked for a little bit no no i think we're good i'm good i'm cool yeah <clears throat> um so yeah that's you know that wraps up the aar um we took good notes uh and next show will be better or it won't be, and we'll do another AR. Yeah. That's, this is going to be a thing that's going to continue. Sweet. Sweet, sweet things. Sweet things. Word. We do have some sweet things coming up, though. Oh, yeah. You want to? I kind of said something about it on Facebook a little bit, like a little, little, hey, yeah. we have something coming up. You did. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think didn't, we should I, talk about it. Yeah, I think I didn't drop too much of a, too much info. We do, let's, let's not let's not talk about it right now though yeah yeah let's plan that yeah we'll figure that out Cliff, we're planners tyree and i cliffhanger <laughs> cliffhanger yeah. yeah cliffhanger buddy cliffhanger it's totally worth it though i'm telling you 
It's fucking worth it. You guys are going to love it to no end. You're going to be pumped when you fucking experience it. It's going to be awesome. I think you're talking it up a little too much. Oh, no, man. I'm fucking pumped for all of our good guests. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like them all. I appreciate them yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give them all feet rubs. Really? No, fuck no. Okay. Absolutely not. All right, I was going to say. Feet. <laughs> feet. Feet. Yeah. All right. Um, well, fuck, man. I ain't got nothing else. You? No, I got nothing, man. This is fun. This is cool. This is a cool, fun thing. It's nice to uh, work on our craft and let other people hear us work on our craft. For whatever reason, they like listening to us. So, sure. In the words of Hannah Barron, appreciate y'all. Word. People who know will know. <laughs> All right, man. So, since we're doing things in reverse, you can close this out. Oh, okay. Uh, fucking. Thanks for being here. This is Kevin, and that's Tyree, and this has been, before I forget, D-A-A-R. Word. Bye. Peace. Why did I have that last word? I'm sorry. You got it. Go ahead. Uh, did you stop recording? Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm still recording. Kevin says bye. Part Music. two. Music. <laughs> I was asking you. Are you playing music? No, I was asking you the name of the 311 song you wanted. Oh, Beautiful Disaster. I looked right at it and didn't click it. Oh, play it. We're okay. still recording. This yeah, is all going in there. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is like our first time. We've never done this before. We've never podcasted. 95 fucking episodes in. Ever. You gotta fade it out. You just can't let it keep playing.